Game Boys. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. It's me, Lux, your host, and with me as always, straight out of his corner office at Axe Capital, it's Griffin Davis. Hell yeah, Axe Capital. Have you been watching? <laughs> God damn have it. Been, have you been watching that show? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Billions is back, baby. I didn't start watching it until like three days ago, but mm-hmm. I'm six episodes in and I fucking love it. Oh, man. Uh, well, L.A. really wants me to see Billions. Like L.A. basically picks a show like once a month to shove down my throat and Billions ads are everywhere right now. Um, so I guess I should check it out. Paul Giamatti. Um, yeah, Paul Giamatti is awesome. In the first episode, he gets peed on in a sex way. Okay. I'm in. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you need from that. Um, But yeah, that show fucking rules. I love it. I'm in love with it. I'm going to marry it. It's amazing. Cool. How about you, bud? What have you been up to? I just got back from uh, the California Science Center where I just saw uh, the King Tutankhamun exhibit. Uh, Me and my dad, we go to a lot of museums. I thought this would be a chill experience like all the other times, but like the big mistake we made was it's spring break right now. So... It was a nightmare. Uh, it was so packed, like with people, that it was just, just uh, like packed like sardines, awful. Um, that I just like I couldn't, I couldn't do any. I just ran through the whole museum. I was like, all right, let's go. Um, but the funniest part was like I was trying to read this inscription um, on this one uh, thing, and then I, I overhear this guy go, "So I lost her." <laughs> but but he said Whoa. it in like a very matter of fact way like ah oh, like so i lost her and apparently like he's like this whole drama like he lost his kid um <laughs> Wait, when you say lost do you mean like misplaced in the museum or like lost like tragic uh accident oh no i mean i hope the first one <laughs> yeah me too otherwise i feel terrible about laughing at all of this i mean either way it's pretty bad it's a lost child that's true i've gotten lost i got lost in the airport in greece as a child and i did not speak greek at nine years old and i was like ah how wait how 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 long were you lost for like several hours several my days missed, oh my god my, several hours yeah my parents missed their flight was it your fault were you like did you see something and bail I mean, I was like eight or seven or eight or nine or something. So like, probably. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like for sure. Um, Okay, here's one thing that's happening in my life right now. We talked about this last uh, last show. You started Nino Kuni 2. Now I have started Nino Kuni 2. Does this count as a life event for you? (laughs) It does. Here's why. The intro to that game is a fucking banger because you're the president of the United States and you're driving into New York and it gets missile bombed. It gets nuked. It's and, and then somehow that sends you to this other world. Is that what the game implies? Yeah. So they go to Studio Ghibli Land and that's about <laughs> I mean, yeah, I haven't gotten far enough to understand the connection between New York getting nuked and your emergence in Ding Dong Dell. But I want to. I, I want to learn. I'm con- I'm still confused. I mean, I'm 25 hours in and I don't know anything more than he just like, oh, well, I'm here now. So I guess I'll just forget about my life as president. Yeah, I'm about an hour and a half in, and let me tell you, I don't know if the game's going to top the part at the beginning where the guard is like, I'm going to catch this kid, and the president pulls out the gun and shoots him and is like, I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty great. Fantasy Mouse, I used to be president. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and every president has a gun. 
Oh yeah, I mean this is America, um, um, But yeah, it's. I'm glad that you're on the Nino Kunai two train. Um, I'm hearing lots of people not liking it. I'm still loving it. I'm loving building my town. Uh, I'm loving uh, all the little side quests and just the art. I mean, it's very easy, but it's just like it's like a soothing RPG to play. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I love those. That's some of my favorite. What are you okay? What are you reading? You've you've, you've paused no, three I times typed, in this podcast. I, typed, I was typing. To I was typing a phrase. Something. What are you doing? I'm, no, I'm. I'm trying to, uh, to oh, you part of the kimono. I'm trying to figure out for some reason the the copy page for one of our play slay delay games is not cooperating with me. Then just make it up. Okay, I mean, sure, I can make it up. Anyways, look, I'm trying to let people into my worldview. Anyways, yeah, I'll just make it up. It's uh, fine. Oh wait, Lux, um, did you see Ready Player One? Not yet. Oh my god. We'll have to do a whole like twenty minutes about we'll that. Do a Maybe segment next week. on it next time. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> like the only thing I'll say to you, like without any spoilers is there's like a 10 minute section of this movie where my audience just lost their shit, like completely lost their shit. Uh, it in was like a, this rules way or in like a get me out of here way in, in, in a completely mixed bag way. Like some people <laughs> loving it. Some people hated it. Some people just astounded at what was happening. I was more in the astounded group than like angry sure. or loving it. Sure. I just want to see the Iron Giant. Oh, well, he's heavily featured. <laughs> good. Good. That's the that's the only real like cultural artifact that movie is calling upon that I give half a shit about. Cool. So, um before um everyone just turns us off cuz this is an incredible boring uh 7 minute intro, let's get to our guest. We have an exciting guest that'll yeah. hopefully save this entire podcast. Yeah. Uh well, as usual, no we pressure, are gonna- no pressure. Yeah, as usual, we'll uh, hook the sinking ship that is me and Griffin to the floating, buoyant uh, glory of our guest. <laughs> and uh, this time toot, it's a toot. doozy, uh, a friend, a good, good friend of mine, uh, a very talented artist, an avid video game player and streamer, Maxwell Barnes, a.k.a. Baba G. You are on the show. Welcome to Max. Hello, Max. How are you doing? Hello. It's fantastic to be here, fellas. Yes. How you doing? We're doing great. Just like this. I was uh, once lost, but I'm now found. But not in a religious way. Okay, cool. In like a video game way? Like in like a, you didn't play video games? Absolutely. <laughs> For a while. Or like I, I turned on the HUD again. Oh, you were misplaced without your heads up display. You found your digitized goggles and now you exactly. can figure out. Now you know your experience levels and your health so you're like good to go. So, it's good to be back. So what do I call yeah. what do I what do I call you? Do I call you Babaji or is that only for friends? No, you're we're we're all friends here. You can call me Babaji. Maxwell's good too. Whatever comes Baba up. G, how do we know you? Tongue. Well, I met Lux in college. Yeah, you did. And he was a guiding light of of mine there i have to say we we had some great times yeah. and many of them were like heavily uh revolved around video games <laughs> as a collective experience in this house yeah no baba g was actually present for uh the shadow of colossus game i referenced on yes. the shadow of the colossus episode with the colossus album that you played under it with yeah the when we took bolt. out the music and played colossus by lightning bolt underneath it <laughs> <laughs> I have to say my favorite memory is uh, the release of Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Where uh, we all, like five friends, all took off the day from oh, school that to, awesome. to just play Skyrim. Get, get the game and uh, 
took took a little. I don't know how uh, what we're allowed to speak about well, on here. Haley but, will figure that, out some kind of hilarious sound to put over that. That, <laughs> um, that was uh, that's that funny. Was an I think everyone time. kind of remembers when Skyrim came out. Like they had their moment when that game came out, and you lost like a day to just being just um, like completely immersed in something you never had seen before. Like it's funny that you guys got to do it with friends. I got the video game. I was living in New York, and my um, my 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 dorm roommates were the kind of guys that only played basketball games like only so I started playing this game and like for the first 20 minutes they were like making fun of me and then they saw the dragon and they were like whoa and like they were (laughs) impressed wait that's (laughs) That's so funny to me. I guess that's like part of like the semiotic gap between like types of people. But like the idea that you could see like Thatched Roof House and Barbarian and not be like, oh, there's Defo, a dragon. I'd be like surprised <laughs> by the dragon. is so crazy to me. <laughs> like that seems like clear dragon warning sign. It just seems yeah. like dragons, you know, unite everyone in badassness. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a dragon? We need some uh, fantasy-based basketball games, though. Oh, my sure. God. Yeah, that's a great but idea. Moving on from Skyrim, tell us more about yourself. Well, currently, myself is an artist. I have a show in New York City on the 6th of April at uh, Lucas Lucas Gallery, 57 Consolier Street in Brooklyn, if uh, anyone later this month wants to come visit. But uh, I work in high-definition collage through Photoshop, so it's just lots of uh, landscape workings, lots of uh, animals. And that's mostly like what I've been doing with my life right now is working as an art handler, coming home, making work and playing video games as well. That's awesome. <laughs> to, to talk about the, yeah. the art a little more specifically, a lot of these like 3D collage or these uh, high def collage things, they draw a lot on like video game stuff though, right? Like, I mean, I've looked at the big zoomy one and it's got, you know, uh, there's weird spaceships and creatures and things. Well, it's like the feel of what we had in Skyrim when we are like probably three hours into the game and we're like perched on a high top looking out over everything. And it's like, damn, look at how much we have to experience here. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you're going to experience it your way, despite the fact that it is like a self-contained thing that everyone will have uh, similar paths through. It is your character and the sequence of events is unique to that. And that's something that's always inspired me is that sense of wonder, for lack of a better term. And like yeah. that idea that, um, yeah, sorry about that. The idea that, um, Lux, this sucks. Uh, our guest is more eloquent than us, so we should yeah. just stop talking. Yeah, we gotta step our, we gotta step our <laughs> shit a little bit. <laughs> This is a repeat of the postmodernism discussion with Porky. Or, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I, yeah, I think the idea that you're getting at this idea that like in a game like Skyrim or even like a Fallout or, you know, something like that, a Red Dead Redemption, there's like a series of events that everyone's going to go through and things everyone's going to see. But the order they see them and like the context in which they see them, what they bring to that is always going to be different for everyone. I think it's a really cool thing to try to like tap into in the sort of a more traditional artistic medium. Mm-hmm. And the shit's fucking cool as hell. Also, it's worth mentioning. That's that's super cool. So um, um, like, extremely like having, uh, having like an exhibit in New York City, that's I mean, to a simpleton peasant like me, that sounds very fancy. Like, how do how do you go from wanting to make art? to like where you are now, where you have a gallery in New York. Look, man, New York City stuff, it's just all about who you know. (laughs) And I came out of school and my friend was having a record release party at this gallery and wanted artists to put a piece up in in the place. And I was fortunate enough to have someone who wanted a piece 
let me display a uh well let me say i print my stuff onto aluminum vibrochrome print yeah it's how? crazy the <laughs> the how is a little beyond me <laughs> I, I send my file to a company and they apply oh. it to the aluminum and i just go pick okay, it up from cool. them they just copy paste um, file to so, aluminum. You're done. You're exactly. Done. <laughs> and you know, looking at that, I I can already tell it's like a impressive, glossy thing. And the the owner was in love with it. And I said, hey, like I I want to have a show later in the spring. And you know, it's not the most like huge gallery. It just started like a few months before I graduated last May. So I think it's just me knowing someone that's just in the right place to be like, yes, if you want to make an art show happen, you can do it. Cause I'm going to go there and patch and paint the walls and help apply everything and, you know, put the show on myself rather than maybe what an other artist would do, which is have prep and other people do everything. Right. You know, you know. like a curator and a handler putting that together, but you're in there. Exactly. In there getting down and dirty. If I, if I had advice for anyone that's trying to go from someone that wants to make art to making art is to one, fake it till you make it like act like you should and do have art up in places <laughs> and two, just like be talking to people and putting yourself out there that you are someone that can produce work and has work ready to go. It's all about being available to New York city. <laughs> yeah. Or work in the digital realm and just like push that shit like that. I mean, eventually you're going to have to get something, uh, tangible, but maybe not like it's all about finding your hustle as well. And like, finding the cheapest way to right. do it as yeah, well. Yeah, no, it's all about fake finding the uh, the cheapest way to do something impressive and that looks expensive, yeah. you know. That's well, like fake it till you make it. The name of the it's game. pretty hard body the sort of a uh, operative aesthetic of this podcast. <laughs> um, cuz you know, we're just trying to figure out how to have a podcast, but I feel like, you know, we're working on it. Uh is there any games that you're playing right now that are inspiring your art? Well, recently I picked up Vermintide 2. Oh, I was hoping you didn't say that. I'm I, curious about that game. I, I really enjoy that game because it's cool nowadays. It's like games have room to breathe and to try things out rather than like appealing in the way that like Mario 64 just appealed to everyone because it was the game. Now, like, Vermintide can stand as a good game just based on how incredible the lighting is. And, like, you're playing these, like, amazing battles in a forest where, like, all controls and directions are really, like, intuitive and precise. And on top of it, it's just, like, <laughs> the beauty of the light coming through the trees on onto this, like, blood-soaked chaos warrior with rats everywhere. It's just like, damn, what a time to be alive. Like, for real. <laughs> this is what Drake was talking about. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. That game, that's the one where it's, like, kind of like a, like, Left 4 Dead-esque, but you're, like, killing all the Warhammer monsters, right? Absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that game, honestly, for, so, Griffin, I think I might have talked with you about this a little bit. Max, along with a couple of our other friends, are on like a real convince me to buy a gaming PC kick. Mm, cool. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. let's let's continue that pressure on this podcast. Well, and this game, Absolutely. this game Vermintide <laughs> that Max is talking about is probably the most like 
PC, mm, like get a PC, you dingus. Yeah. For me, it's, uh, what's that game that came out recently? Not Pillars of Eternity. Oh, Divinity 2? Divinity 2 Original Sin. That's mm-hmm. the game where I'm like, Another uh, maybe good I game. need a PC. But that's coming to console. Like, Divinity 1 came to, P- to oh, PS4. Okay, like, cool. <laughs> you're going to get it. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to get it. Did you play Divinity? Did you play the first one? No, I just hear a lot of people talking about it. it sounds oh, really so good. good. Um, but so good. Uh, speaking of really good games, um, our guest this week picked... Um, a, a, a walloper of a game. You know, we've done all sorts of games, but we're taking on a Titan this week. Yeah. This is much more serious than a Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had <laughs> Colossi. Now we're going to have a Titan. Um, so let's, let's, let's get into this. Let's see if this works. Yeah. The American <laughs> dream is a national ethos of the United States. The set of ideals in which freedom includes the opportunity for prosperity and success, as well as an upward social mobility for the family and children, achieved through hard work in a society with few barriers. But are these lofty goals a reality in the modern American life? No video game has tackled this topic more than Grand Theft Auto. In 1997, video game developer DMA released Grand Theft Auto, one of the first open-world-style games that let you choose your own path and activities. A rousing success in Britain, where it was first released, the franchise has been a juggernaut ever since with a 11 standalone games and four expansion packs. Film and music veterans have voiced characters, including Ray Liotta, Burt Reynolds, Dennis Hopper, Samuel L. Jackson, James Woods, Debbie Harry, Phil Collins, Axl Rose, and Peter Fonda. But in September 2013, the franchise would reach new heights with a game set in the sunny vistas of Los Angeles, California. Extensively marketed and widely anticipated, the game broke industry sales records and became the fastest-selling entertainment product in the history of mankind, earning $800 million in its first day and $1 billion in the first three days. It's received widespread critical acclaim with praise directed at multiple protagonist design, open-world presentation, and gameplay. However, it caused controversies related to its depictions of women and a mission featuring torture during a hostage interrogation. It has shipped over 90 million copies and is one of the best-selling video games of all time. This week on Game Boys, we pull you out of your car and jack your ride with GTA V. Whoa, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Grand Theft Auto uh, number five. When we asked you a game you want to talk about, this is the one you came up with. So uh, tell us about it. Why uh, Why GTA five? Well, I uh, I also have uh, two video pieces in the uh, in the show, and one of them is around a twelve minute piece of stitched footage of a first person playthrough of of GTA 5 set to a uh, a text to speech summarization of Albert Camus's Camus's uh, Sisyphus essay yeah and I have questions about that piece. Uh, I, I yeah if if we want to talk about that we absolutely I, can I, I'd love to just even before we get into get into the game because I think it'll get lost in the in the deets. But like, I guess like, what about this game made that piece like jump out to you as an idea? You know what I mean? That seems like such a crazy pairing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Albert Camus and his the whole all the Sisyphus stuff plus you know mixing in Grand Theft Auto Five and a robot also just in the mix for fun. Um, <laughs> like doesn't immediately. I mean, it was awesome. I I loved it when this I watched the, it. This but is the longest question I've what ever is heard. It? Well, hold on. <laughs> I guess that's the butt of the question. I'm trying to figure out a way to say it, but like, what is it? Like, what about this game made you choose that well, uh, out of everything that you could have like stitched together from? Lux, keep talking. 
I think the first thing that like drew me to connecting art to Grand Theft Auto V was the first person view that they put out. I remember how exciting that was to hear and I wanted to run with that feeling because it was obvious that they were being ambitious in how they wanted you to experience this world. Definitely going towards a VR experience but you know going into that I don't think we're at where VR needs to be for it to be something to that I want to dive mm-hmm. into. Yeah, anyway. I don't like VR either. It makes me nauseous. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'll always try it, but it mostly sucks. It's, it's cool and it's sweaty and it's heavy and it's isolating. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna get yeah. there. Yeah, but, but with with you know the ability to play first person, I I knew just like in the way you can take a collection of images and splice them together and change their tone and change their feeling. That whatever I wanted to put over this footage, it's going to sync together in some way. It always that's does. Cool. Like that's another advice for artists is to just do it don't don't like try to anticipate what's going to happen when you merge something for an idea it you gotta you gotta try it first of all because when i sync the footage when when the robot is speaking about the boulder tripping down the hill because i got all my footage together and then i put this block of audio over it on youtube and that spot synced up perfectly with them describing the boulder going down the hill and it was like all right well this is already out of my hands like this is already like a great piece of work and it just sinks like i'm kind of giving away my uh <laughs> my magic here which is to just like you know i love rauschenberg and i love his ideals of like don't try to understand art and like meaning he said is an economical way to feel mm-hmm. um i'm more prepared to just be open to something and this video is a testament to yeah. that and i think like one thing about it is is like uh you're speaking that like oh i could lay this stuff over the video and it just works because i think the the world that they build as the artists like it just it's very photorealistic it's very interesting and just very immersive of an experience like uh, i i I'm, some of my times i in grand theft auto some of my favorite times are just driving around like just traveling and experiencing mm-hmm. rather than doing a mission or something like that just because the world is especially in number five i mean it's just so photorealistically created la all the all the main landmarks of southern california that it's just kind of like a trip to experience and you could just you could just dive in yeah and it does such a good job of like making you feel like you're in the game like you're inside the guy's head and i think that speaks to the same thing of this like narrative like if you put any voice over there it just sounds like someone thinking it because like you're in their world absolutely to be fair i i was filming them like falling down a hill and like jumping out of planes and like plummeting to the floor again and again and like walking up to the top of a mountain looking at sunsets like there was I, I won't say that it was like, oh, I should just put Sisyphus over it. Like I, I it's like corralling this this massive beast of potential that is the game into something that you can grasp a bit more you know it's like here look at the sunset they built because if you're just playing the game the casual person might not stop to appreciate like how clouds actually like form in the sky Mm -hmm, but there's an amazing piece in the video where that's happening and it's also it's almost also a testament to like appreciating something for 
high art potentially, mm-hmm. you know, that like even that, that there is that thought from people going into this game, even though it isn't marketed in that way, they love it enough to want people like us to appreciate it in that way, to be able to talk about it. It's definitely one of those examples of like a video game being, being like, like being like uh, the most high caliber artists, like, like, the, like this was a game that, that elevated the art form. Exactly. And, and, and just cause like, I mean, it had just all stars making this game completely all the way through. Um, I feel like this game does have lots of artsy moments not just in like just like the experience the immersive experience of being in the world but like sometimes in the missions like do you guys remember that mission where you're like floating through the sky as as the as the as the white father guy and like all of his memories are flashing by oh absolutely oh yeah there's like techno yeah, music that, going. That little techno like, music. I mean, yeah. that was just like a moment. Like that's a moment I still remember. Absolutely. I don't. Are you? T- do you take acid and then that's why you're doing it? I don't remember exactly why. But all of like a sudden, you're, you're just like in the sky and you're like floating through the air and just like go like flying through skyscrapers to this music while like memories of your life play. And it was just like a moment that felt <laughs> like it transcended the medium and felt just like uh, a really like a, like a really I don't want to say like spiritual that's crazy but like I don't know there was something very touching about it yeah I mean I think I think that at least for me with Grand Theft Auto 5 and Max I, want to, I would love you to get your take on this but like I just feel like like you're saying Griffin it elevated the, the genre and also opened up all these different ways to appreciate a game like you said you could have fun just driving around you could have fun just like shooting a bunch of cops you could do the missions you could do weird side quests you could like try to just make a bunch of money like there were so many different ways to like get into the game that I think that's part of what made it so like artistically welcoming is like you could find something anywhere you look. Mm-hmm. So who was y'all's favorite characters? Because basically one thing, big thing about this game was that it had a rotating group of three main characters. And I thought one of the coolest things was that you could switch off between characters and, and that each time you switch to a character, you would be catching that character just living their life in a moment. Like you might zoom in on Trevor and he is in an argument with someone in an alleyway and he punches them and then like, boom, you're just taking over control from that moment. Or you go over to Franklin and he is just getting out of like a nightclub or something like that. And like, there's just, just like this feeling like that these characters were going to keep doing stuff and like living on while you're somewhere else. Yeah. All right. Well, Max, when you start, who is your favorite of, uh, of the player care of the PC player characters? I mean, how could it not be right. Trevor? Yeah, for real. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a dumb question. Just like <laughs> a big roller coaster ride. I loved his like bisexuality, violent bisexuality. Yeah, <laughs> in it, like probably the first gay protagonist, or like you know, at least like textually, whatever least, like, he textually would. Yeah, <laughs> any hole is a, any hole is a goal. <laughs> I think Trevor would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really Trevor is like the distillation of like the cocaine fueled crazed GTA spirit, like the part that just says destroy everything and like pure chaos. It's like him as a person. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Like they made this guy. It's like, oh, you want to see a bad <laughs> role model? <laughs> like, yeah. They were like, if if there was a person who lived the life the way that you all play these games, his name's Trevor, here he is. <laughs> Because, yeah, that was, well, heck, like, all right, so how did y'all play the game? Because I'll tell you this about me. I barely made it through the missions of any of the GTA games. I was just about Oh, no, the set killing. pieces are so good in them. 
I'd get to some of them, but I mostly was about like killing and stealing cars and trying to do crazy stunts. Well, me, me and some friends would start a game where we'd like tally the total kills on a character and like have competitions to see <laughs> who could have the largest massacre and like Whoa. tally that up. Yeah, they were intense experiences <laughs> with like technique and like, you yeah. know, strategy <laughs> into it. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that was fun. So, um, yeah, so like the characters were cool. I, I think some of the missions are worth playing through because there are some set pieces that are really great. Like I remember there was one on a plane where I think you have to drive a car through a plane and then like off the plane. Oh, Vin Diesel style. Yeah. Off, yeah. Spoilers Vin Diesel style. For Final Fast Furious 6. Um, Grand Theft Auto as a series has always been known for its set pieces. I can think of plenty of set pieces that are like famous from like San Andreas, like the train level where you have to like ride a motorcycle on the train. Like they're just always really good at making these memorable action sequences. I love flying in the fifth mm-hmm. one. That's like maybe my favorite part of the game is like flipping a plane upside down and flying through the city because it looks like, excuse me, you're on like Cloud City from uh, Star yeah, Wars or something. It's so cool. Yeah, no, I love that. I also just like, I do like that there's a correlation but not a direct causation between your stars and the when the cops show up. So like when you get to three Mm. stars, they're not instantly cops, but when you get three stars and there are cops, oh boy, are there cops. Um, (laughs) And I love that moment always where I'm like, ha ha, stole a car, got away with it, killed four people, go into the store, going to get some new clothes. And it's like, oh, 14 policemen are here. (laughs) Time to throw down. Like, I always love that moment. Like, Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite parts of that game. Just because like, like I said, I think, and I think this is one of the appeals that like, you can just tell your own story with that game. Like, you don't have to tell the story the game wants you to tell. Right. And there is so much story that exists outside of the quote unquote campaign story. Every moment and detail of the game is a satirization of American culture. Like, when you're just driving down the street, the signs, the ads, and especially my favorite part of every GTA game is the radio. Like the radio is the best part. They had songs uh, originally recorded for this game. Uh, they have like tens and tens of hours of of like uh, just radio shows like pre-recorded like the, that are really funny. So there's like a lot of story or at least theme happening outside of the quests. Yeah, there's like a whole big world to explore. Right? You, Max, what are some of the smaller things? that you really liked about this game like what what are the smaller things like made this game stand out against like other open world shits well yeah great topic i i was gonna say that it's a game that rewards you like peering closer into it which is why i like feel it correlating with my work as as something where i do want everyone to like come closer because there's something there to see and i appreciate that it's not necessarily like they're on the back of the box of the game like you can just stand there on the corner and listen to phone calls. But that's just like something they have in the game and have had in the game. Personally, I love that is just like, you know, stopping the game for a moment, taking a and like just letting the world kind of happen around you where suddenly the camera switches to what they're looking at. And like you like focus in on on people a bit more. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a passive cam. Yeah, that's really funny. Exactly. Another thing I love in this one is like calling the the cops and then starting shit with someone before like right before they arrive and then they get booked (laughs) like fucking with you that's really funny (laughs) i didn't know you could do that i'll be honest that's awesome it never occurred to me to call the cops oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) really really, the potential is there there's so many doors to open in that game that stuff was cool there was always that cool secret thing where people think there was like alien ufo somewhere that you could hunt down i don't know whatever happened to that 
oh, that's real. But it exists like very deep in a very specific set of lines of code. So you have to like there are these dudes. And the, actually, this is one of my favorite things about GTA 5. I can go on a little, a little rant for a second. Is there are these people who mine the code and play through the game in all these really specific ways to create these weird effects. There are tons of little Easter eggs buried in the code, including like an alien abduction thing. Mm. Where like if you beat a specific set of missions in a specific set of ways, you unlock like this alien spaceship shows up. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like buried code from like something they decided not to do. But it's still like stuck in the game. And there's like a bunch of shit like that throughout. Which I really love is that there's this community that's been running since the release of the game till today. That's like trying to dig up all the secrets of gta 5 and like they haven't right so max is this your is this your favorite of the gta games Ooh, that's a tough question yeah because even thinking about coming on the show i like some reason i was transported to like playing san andreas and like san andreas is my old school one yeah that's the one i always put as a kid you know do you remember like flipping the tank turret around and flying over the tank like that's just the flying car the flying car cheat was something that I was so disappointed wasn't in any of the other newer games. Yeah. It's that's the thing I did more than anything ever. And uh it's 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 so hard to say anyone is over San Andreas because that that game is just so incredible. And like yeah, has this strange re- replayability even now where like CJ, Big Smoke, mm-hmm. like all those characters are so good that it's tough. I'm surprised Max, you didn't say Liberty City stories, given your deep affinity for this. For oh wait, isn't Liberty Liberty City is not New York? Liberty City is LA or Miami, right? No, 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 no. Liberty City, yeah. Liberty City is the New York yeah. one. That's that's the other thing is like four was really cool because I live in New York City and playing that game with my friends was a like transcending experience where we're like oh we're we like hang out here like oh like they got this really minute detail of this block you know like Mm -hmm. that was cool yeah what they do they 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 send photographers to cities and just to take like a bunch of data to just like get very specific details about um locations it shows yeah it really does like the those games are so wild in that respect like it's interesting to me that those games have sort of more depth, even though they're localized to like a specific city than a city that's real than like a fantasy game in that kind of setting. Like they just go so much deeper and so much more detail than you'd get out of like a Skyrim type. Like the way you interact with the city in Skyrim is so different than the way you interact with the city in something like Grand Theft Auto. Exactly. They set the standard for what we want from that kind of game. Like everyone's like, well, why isn't there a fantasy game? in the same level as GTA 5. And of course it's like, well, you know, half a billion dollar operation. Because yeah, with, with GTA, you can, like everyone said, you can send photographers out and you can just design based off things mm-hmm. that exist. Whereas with a fantasy version of that, you'd have to like invent what every building looks like for a city the size of New York. And it's like, yeah, you could take every architect from every romantic comedy and you wouldn't have enough of them to pull that one off. The every romantic from comedy. romantic comedies? That's a very real thing, is that so many dudes in romantic comedies like male leads are architects who are <laughs> dudes are architects and women own bakeries i swear to god look that shit up that's the truth about, look maybe i'm the only one of the potty watches rom-coms that's a real trend you're right they are architects why because it's like a good like <laughs> then why? it's like a good ambiguously fancy job it's ambiguous yeah right you know architects make yeah, like paper. How much money does he make? Like, do they get paper, but like, do they get an evil amount of paper? Probably not, but like, maybe. 
but like you don't know you know it's like it, it's in that good it's in that sweet spot it's not like a wall street guy where you're like uh-oh mm-hmm, sure yeah where's this money from it's not like bill it's not like bobby axelrod of, of hit show billions so uh max did you ever step uh, into grand theft auto online at all because that is another big part about this game that kind of has continued on till even now is so popular yeah i have a pretty high leveled character I, I haven't played much anymore, but I want mm-hmm. to because they've added these crazy cool like jetpack vehicles and like they're just <laughs> going above and beyond with that. But it's it's like hard to because <laughs> by playing it, I'm like buying into their new like way of doing things, which is like, yeah, we made this awesome content, but you actually have to grind for three mm-hmm. months to get the virtual currency to pay for right. it. Or you could actually buy it and just like, that's what mm-hmm. happens. Like they've made so much money off this game that there's no way they're not going to keep this up. Yeah. And it's, it's sad in a way. Cause it's not like we're going to see any single player DLC for for five yeah that's a real bummer because i don't really play the multiplayer at all so i'd love to get some single player uh some single player dlc for that game when you do do you do a lot of p is there a lot of pvp in the online that game i imagine there yes yeah like hopping in a jet and like fighting people (laughs) on the ground as well as in in another jet is like an incredible (laughs) whenever i tried to play i was i would just get killed by high level players until i quit (laughs) (laughs) oh hell yeah sounds like an mmo (laughs) exactly exactly man oh man what a what a wild game those games I just, I don't know. I, the, the GTA, how, like, what was the first GTA game that you played? So I remember, Three. uh, San Andreas was my first. What about you, Max? Three. Three. I actually got it for Christmas and I remember my mom was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sneak to my neighbor's house to play them at first. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I played, I had a, I had a friend who got three. I remember back in the day and I were playing that. It like, was such a hard game to, to sneak. Cause you know, there's times where it's like, oh, if I was just driving a car and my mom locked in, like maybe she wouldn't think it was a big deal. But like there were the, there were those long loading screen photos and those loading mm-hmm. screen photos would just give the whole thing away like right then there there'd be like someone getting punched or like a kind of like 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 a prostitute and like it wouldn't be a quick flashing loading screen it'd be like on the screen for two minutes so it'd be like <laughs> impossible to hide <laughs> Wait, okay so here's a fun uh, story about trying to sneak a game uh, with parents when i was younger um i used to help out at the at the blockbuster near my house and they let me like take stuff to rent or whatever and one day as like a nine-year-old i took uh dave mira's bmx triple x i don't know if you oh i love that remember? game yeah and so Great I was. Uh, was that the one where it the the first level starts with a sublime song in in a train? No, that's that's Am Dave Mira. Right oh, one? sorry, this isn't Dave Mira's BMX Triple X. This is BMX Triple X. No Dave Mira attached. That's the, the Dave oh, okay. title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no Dave. Yes. Mira. It's, it's BMX Triple X. Prince, no Dave Mira title, but it's a no complete rejection of him. <laughs> yeah, no Dave Mira here. And then what it was is it's like a BMX game, but your prizes you unlock are all like naked ladies taking bubble baths oh man or like making out and like the loading screen would be like a sexy naked lady and i remember playing it in the basement and my dad came down and was like excuse me <laughs> and i was like look at this little well, your boy dad knows exactly what they are he plays <laughs> video games he's like excuse me that's my video game <laughs> yeah. he was just like we're gonna have to uh 
pay a little more attention to what you're getting from the blockbuster. Oh man, <laughs> it was like, a, like I was like ten or eleven, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like I remember, it was. It's kind of crazy that like me and my ten year old friends were like, "Look, dude, like here's a prostitute. This is crazy. Like you know, like that's nuts." Yeah, I can see why parents were like on the defensive. And also, that. San Andreas had the hot coffee scandal. What was that? I don't. I remember. Yeah. I remember that that happened, but I don't remember what it was. Max, do you remember exactly what happened? I think it was that there was this potential for a sex mini game in, in the, the game. Like it's another thing where it's in right. the code, hidden in the code. Uh. And people unlocked it, and then it was but, like... But you couldn't, as like a nine-year-old, find it on your own. You had to be someone who knew how to get into the code of the game, so... Yeah, and then but then the internet right. came around, and everyone knows yep. everything. Yeah, now everyone knows how you can get that level 99 U before you even catch your first Pokemon. Me and Lux are, have been Hot clearly coffee. anti-internet on this podcast from day one. We're taking an anti-internet stance. We Hard. thought things were better before... Hardline pre-internet stance. All the only video game for me is Chrono Cross. Yeah. Well, I have a uh, Ethernet plug tattooed on my arm, so I don't know if I can uh, get that <laughs> that anti-internet that, word. that rule. <laughs> yeah, you're marked as an enemy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Enemy of the pot. So yeah, like uh, GTA games are good. We Maybe like we this one on a that. lot. Is there anything else about this game that's super special other than it's just the best? Max, take it away. What do you think? I think it's the PC version, the next gen thing that like really just shows what a triumph this is. I remember hearing how uh, I forget Metal Gear Solid guy. I forget his yeah, name. Kojima? Yeah, he was telling a story about how he was playing the game and he just stopped and started crying because he knew like the game he was making could never come close to what <laughs> this was. Wow. And like that's the kind of I know. <laughs> Look it up, people. <laughs> that's like one of the greatest game designers to ever live. And he's just exactly. like, oh, I can't do and this. so like beyond the uh, like the press noise around this kind of game, where like yeah, there is the potential to pull a gun out and simulate these kind of massacres that like we're saying should like begin the cycle of uh, gun reform. Like I think you also learn a thing or two about yourself being put in that situation because what we forget is like at a very base level, the brain isn't like different differentiating between what's happening in the game in real life like at a base level it's experiencing this situation in the way that you would experience it if you had like a gun out and were massacring people like it's crazy seeing how people react and experience the game differently like seeing a parent play and like seeing someone that wants to follow traffic laws and like what some people ask about the game it's it's a very revealing thing and i think that should be acknowledged that that where else is that potential to s learn things about each other through watching someone experience a media platform. So I think GTA is a great, you know, sign of the respect we should maybe show to the genre of games and that they possess something a bit more than just like mindless entertainment. Yeah, it's like a pretty strong statement towards like the value of video games as a medium for sure. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, we're going to come back and we're going to rate this game in one second. But first, a quick uh, commercial break from our sponsors. Um, Lux, why am I not in any of the commercials? You can do one. I just keep doing them. Cause, like, Did we record a bunch? We did, but none of them sound as good as the ones I've been doing. Oh, okay. We'll record some new ones then. Yeah, let's do that. I've just been doing the commercials because I keep forgetting to send them to Haley until like the day before. And then I'm like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. 
I'm going to record one right now. Hey, are you a, a co-host of a podcast <laughs> and your co-host keeps deleting all your commercials? Well, come on down to, to Griffin's uh, um, commercial store. Because we're not going to let your co-host delete all your commercials. You work hard on those and you deserve to be respected. And don't, It's happened to me. It'll happen to you. Uh, <laughs> come on down. That's a really good. Haley, you can just Take doors. Haley, you can just leave that one in. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Giga Giga Game Boys podcast. Still Lux, still with Griffin. We're still with Max Barnes, aka Baba G, and we are still talking about Grand Theft Auto Five. But it's time for us to rate this game, boys. Max, real quickly, here's how this works. Uh, we rate the games one through five. Uh, joysticks are our measurement unit. So okay. just gonna give it a one out of one to five rating, and uh, give us your final, some quick final thoughts on on the game. So uh, you are a guest. So uh, please, you you first. Wow. Rating GTA 5. Who would have thought we'd be here <laughs> now? Look how far we've come. Yeah, look how much we've lost to get here. <laughs> <laughs> I think this game fluctuates between a 4 and a 5. Ooh, I love this. Where sometimes you, you have to punish it a bit for where it's going because you shouldn't reward the corporatization of fun like that, you know? So sure. that's where I get the negative negativity from. But when you're in, like on your hands and knees in this game, there is nothing like it. Like if anyone listening to this hasn't given this game a chance, single player mode is gripping as well as the world is just like throbbing with experience. <laughs> So Whoa. let's say a, a four, a solid four point five on nice. any day. Nice. All right, Griffman. Four point five joy joysticks. There we go. Um, I I find uh, I find this game to be pulsing, to be wet, to be sopping. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, this is a good, this is a great bit that I love. I give. Uh, <laughs> I want to lay this game down, put on some music, light some candles. Uh, no, uh, 4.5 out of 5. Uh, everything about this game is perfect, except the story really loses it. Like They set up all this interesting conflict between the, the main characters. They set up a conflict between, I forget, isn't it Michael and Trevor? They used to be partners. They kind of betray each other, and they're going to like come back into each other's lives. And how is that going to sort itself out? The campaign really never delivers on that conflict in an interesting way, and the game just kind of peters out rather than like finales otherwise perfect game wish the story had been a little bit better in the second half 4.5 all right cool um i'm also gonna go 4.5 i guess we'll go 4.5s all the way around um i never got that into the story which maybe is points against i also like yeah the online thing never really appealed to me i don't like the way they're doing that but just like the amount of freedom and the world you get to be in and the degree to which like that world belongs to you and like no one else and like you're living your your best grand theft auto life <laughs> and like the game can't tell you nothing about how you do that is like so appealing to me and i love it a lot and so yeah just like a four and a half like it's a four one four and a half joysticks out of a out of possible five i just think that it nails what it's trying to do it just doesn't quite give me enough of a reason to care that it's doing that the same as doki doki literature club right like it's exactly perfect at what it wants to be it's just not quite a good enough argument for why i care that that kind of thing exists for me to give it a full five sure sure that's fair but but that's a that's an almost perfect score from all of us that's a yeah. and we're all on the exact same page i don't think we have we had unison yet have we had complete? no i think this is our first unanimous vote wow wow, wow. max we all agree per perfection will yeah, come. Baba, Baba G is highly simpatico with the Game Boy's vibe. No, 
I I dig that. Yeah, that is great. Boy. Okay. Um. Well, Griffin, you want to try talking tail? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I do. Hey, Max. <laughs> have you played Undertale? No, but I've <laughs> gotten into video game Donkey yes. and watched him yes. play, and I was so into what I was oh, seeing that yes. I was like. I've heard how amazing it is, but just the dialogue mm-hmm. and like gameplay, I was I was enthralled. Definitely go play that. Uh, quick shout out to Video Game Donkey, one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, he's a very funny guy. Has really smart reviews about video games, and then lots of silly videos about video games too. And he's just consistently one of the best people um, making them making those vids. Yeah. I love when he just starts breaking it down and like says some really smart shit and you're like, wow, this guy is like the best reviewer of video games yeah. out there right now. He he loves he loves it. He loves it. And them. then if there's and a really good like game, you he won't for. waste your time with just like just like a good review where he just says everything. Else. He'll just play the game and do hilarious stuff in the game instead. Exactly. <laughs> um, but moving on uh, yeah. to uh, our next segment. Um, where we drop that yakety sax and yak some Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my god, are we keeping this? Max, <laughs> how do you feel about Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh man. Um <laughs> I thought it was weird. Like all it's it's a uh it's a uh Eurocentric uh vision of uh the Asiatic peoples with all that fucking pyramid nonsense. I can't can't Whoa, get over I didn't that. Think about that. Ooh. Bango! Ed, we've got a real fucking Edward Said on the podcast, throwing bows. Um, but I'll take it, and that brings us into what is our yeah, final segment. <laughs> that brings us into what is our final segment. Uh, everybody's favorite video game based choice game. Everybody, it's time for play it, slay it, delay it. Um, Max, the way yeah. the way Woo. that this game works is, I will read you the name of three games along with the ad copy from their websites, and then you will choose which one you want to play, as in get your hands on right away. Which one you want to delay, as in save for later, and which one you want to slay, as in throw in the trash. Oh, awesome! I love this. All right, already. so we'll start at the beginning. Atelier Liddy and Swelle, the alchemists, and the mysterious paintings. Twin sisters Lydia and Swell are also alchemists living in Merville, capital of Kingdom of Adelaide, and they intend to make their atelier the best atelier in the kingdom. <laughs> that's that's all of it. That's the whole. I'm sorry, that is the best description of anything. That's the whole. It's all the coffee. All right, all right. Then we have some intergalactic cable nonsense <laughs> for real. Then we have the Witch and the Hundred Knight too. Follow the Hundred Knight in its journey through a witch-ravaged world. Young girls are contracting a strange illness and awakening as witches, causing mayhap across the region of Kavala. <laughs> Along the Hundred Knight's side are two sisters, Amelie, an agent of an organization who opposes witches, and Chelka, the witch who awakened in Amelie's younger sister, Milm. Milm? Um, <laughs> Milk. Uncover the mysteries of Kabbalah as you protect them both from harm. Delve through dungeons and landscapes, teeming with fiends and monsters, looking for equipment of legendary power. Grow stronger with help from Tachkas and Facet. And these are not words. Tachkas and Facet. Are these in the back of the box or where are you reading these from? Their website. Okay, so it's like, okay, it's a longer about section than you would see on like the back of a box. I think it's about the same. Okay. Gotta have your attachments. Yeah, so you got your tachkas and facets, and we'll give you a hand an advantage in combat. Chain attacks together with a unique weapon system that welcomes weapon weapon change mid combat. The fate of Kavala is in your hands, Ooh. brave knight. And finally, MLB the Show eighteen. Your team, Ooh. your rivals, your buddies, your hometown. <laughs> 
No matter why you play or why you love baseball, MLB The Show 18 is for a fan like you. The Show 18 delivers baseball just the way you want it, from fielding a roster of past legends and current superstars in Diamond Dynasty 1, to crushing homers with friends in retro mode games, to meaningful RPG progression in Road to the Show. Experience quicker, more satisfying games of baseball to dominate the competition on the couch, on the headset, and on the diamond. More home runs, more epic plays, more classic legends, all in less time. For those of you who crave the best of baseball... Welcome to the show. <laughs> okay, that's my favorite copy. <laughs> well, to uh, make this hilarious, I have the show 18 playing on the screen <laughs> right next to me. I'm probably going to end this podcast and go play some right okay, after well, this. So, well, <laughs> easy, easy question with the play. All right. I'm definitely going to be playing some MLB The Show. But to make the choice between the other two, I think we know where we're going with this. Fast-paced, changing weapons combat. We got to have some more of that. So, wait, but my only choice is to delay one and slay yeah. one, right? Oh, well, let's delay the action one so they could get that story a bit tighter. <laughs> the, to go around the, the, the gameplay. Game yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's, de- let's delay that one. And then uh, Adelaide <laughs> painting sisters. Yeah. I think we're going <laughs> to slay let's that swell. one. Let's shut well, down. You want to make the best yeah. Atelier you can? <laughs> <laughs> I will say my roommate Burf rides, that game. rides hard for those games. I've se- the reason I was laughing is because... <laughs> Because I've seen him play that game many times. It looks really boring, but that description was so funny. Well, you that's not that one. You probably saw <laughs> him play Atelier Sophie or Atelier Ferret. So this is the new Atelier game coming soon. I guarantee you it's the exact <laughs> same game. Uh, I've seen the last two. I've seen him play through two of them, and they're a little different. One has a talking book. <laughs> okay, oh, that's All fair. right, Griff, what's your answer? Oh, um, so I'm going to play the witch game. Uh, I'm going to uh, slay Atelier. Because I already know what that's about. And then we'll show, I'm going to delay. I, I think uh, I'm interested in that RPG, that RPG element. I hear some people saying that part's actually fun. Yeah, I... Um I actually, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the show for that reason. Um, I want to get on this RPG stuff. I remember in, in college we played MLB, I think it was 2K16 <laughs> and created a yes, player sir. named BJ Koo and Max and our friend Gabo and I probably skipped three or four days of classes just to play BJ Koo through his like first full season in the majors. And it was incredible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> worth it. Yeah, worth it. Homeboy <laughs> hit over a hundred home runs. <laughs> One rookie of the year in a landslide. That's great. Well, uh, do we have anything else or should we? Well, hold on. I'm playing MLB The Show. I'm (laughs) delaying uh, the mysterious paintings and the sisters who love them. And then I'm going to slay the witch in the Hundred Knight because I I don't know. I've played enough action games. All right. But I think that that's the... That's (laughs) shaking your head at me like I'll never play enough action games. I can say I'll play slay and delay whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, but that does bring us to the end of the show. So thank everyone for listening, Max. Where can the people find you and your work and your everything? Um, well, websites coming up soon. Maxwell Barnes B A R N E S dot art, and uh, you can look my Instagram up, which is framed by my window at Instagram dot insta. Cool. So catch me there, and shows coming out on the sixth. Hopefully, I'll I'll be popping off. And, uh, where's that Twitch stream at for the people who who Twitch? Oh, absolutely, because this is a game podcast. Yeah, come check me out on Twitch, uh, Baba G on the games, B A B A J I on the games. 
I fucking love streaming. Oh, what have you been streaming? I could talk about that all day. I play a ton of Overwatch. I have had trouble putting <sighs> Damn, that down. Damn, I can't believe I'm hearing, I'm hearing about this right now at the hour marker. Damn it. Uh, what, what, quickly, what's your main? Zen Yada. Oh. I play a nasty Zen. <sighs> okay, we're going to have to have you back on. Please do. I was about to say, I would love to come back anytime y'all want to have yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it was dope talk with the show, but I have a lot of streaming questions and other questions that I'd love to get into, so it'd be great to get you back here. Um, Griff Daddy, tell the people what they want to know about you. You can follow me at Shut Up Griffin, or at Game Boys Pod, or at the Pack Theater every fourth Sunday. You can find me at uh, Wisecrack on YouTube making videos. You can find me on Twitter at ML Surfboard. You can also uh, find all the Party World Wrestling stuff on Facebook at Party World Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll do it for today. I also want to stop just for a second and say thank you to, we have a new sound engineer. Her name is Haley, and she's been doing an incredible job. Um, she killed the last episode. It sounds like creamy butter in my ears. It sounds like someone microwaved a stick of butter and then dripped it in my ears in a good mm. way. And I want to thank her. I owe her presence. I owe her uh, many thanks. And um, this podcast has just stepped it up a level and not, not thanks to me at all. Yeah. We didn't do a lot about that. I was going to thank Haley, but you kind of stepped <laughs> on that, but that's all right. I'm glad we got it out there. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> um, and so that's going to do it for today. Uh, I'm Lux. Your co-host is Griffin. Your guest is Max Barnes. Our music is by Matthew Morden. Our art is by Brittany Metz. Our editing is by Haley Clement. Thank you very much, internet. We love you very much. GTA 5